Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. So I'm thinking about what keeps us moving, uh, advocating for those who've been left out when really most of our needs are met. Uh, And it makes me think of a debate slash argument slash discussion I've been having with my my partner in this work, Mandy, for years, actually. Uh, She would always land on the idea that people are only motivated if they have enough discomfort to keep moving and that people who have need to be uncomfortable with that reality and uncomfortable with their privilege and that might get them to do things differently. There's truth in that. Um, I've always been more comfortable with a a different variation on that. I I think that we stay motivated in this work if we stay in proximity to the people we're trying to advocate for and the people we're trying to give opportunities to and the people we're trying to make the world a fairer place for. And that probably causes discomfort too. And like so many things that Mandy and I talk about, we're 98% in agreement but we can argue like crazy about that other 2%. But anyway, um, I got very concerned this spring that the distancing that we're all going through would hurt that second version of this, that we wouldn't have proximity to people and that we could forget and those of us who could retreat could retreat and forget. And so we need to work hard to not do that uh, in whatever way we can. So my little way is to just recommit to this idea of telling our stories and sharing my thoughts to my tens of listeners and tens of readers uh, through these podcasts and through some more writing. I have a little break in grad school here in a couple of weeks and need to get some more writing out there. Uh, But in the meantime, I'd like to share something I wrote at the end of April when I was concerned about this same idea of loss of proximity. So after that longer than usual introduction, I'd like to share something I wrote called Poverty-Informed Practice in Higher Education, I See You. Do you remember the movie Avatar? Even if you haven't seen it, I I could tell you one of the big emotional payoffs in the movie is when the main characters say, I see you, to one another. It's a substitute for I love you, but it's also more. It is an acknowledgement of the other's existence and their importance. A little internet research indicates Avatar borrowed this expression from tribes in South Africa. It's loosely related to the idea of Ubuntu, which I only became aware of about a dozen years ago when it was made popular by the Boston Celtics basketball team as part of their team culture. So I'm not an expert, but the loose translation I learned was, I am because we are. I am because we are. It's always resonated with me, uh, and particularly so as an advocate for people in the crisis of poverty because those people are so often more interconnected and more interdependent than the middle-class norms we've been taught are the ones we should aspire to. I've shared before my fears that this pandemic will cause those of us who can to retreat to safety and isolation, when I believe the better choice is to recognize and celebrate our interconnectedness. We have to see one another. Let me tell you how we tried to make sure our students at my college knew we could see them. So. For a Vice President of Academic Affairs, I'm not always the most academic person you will meet. 
I certainly understand things like accreditation, curriculum, program learning outcomes, uh, teaching and learning, and the like, but it's never been what feeds my soul in this work. What feeds my soul is the idea that colleges can help end poverty, particularly two-year colleges. And I believe proximity to students and their stories and their humanity is the reminder we need when things get hard. So what should we do in this time where our students are harder to hear from? Well, the solution we came up with was pretty basic. We asked. I'm fortunate to have an excellent partner in student affairs at MSC Southeast. His name is Josiah Latant, and he shares an affection for our students and a soft spot for people who have been left out. We were both concerned about how students were handling the incredible amount of change thrust upon them. So we sent out an incredibly brief survey. It said, we know this is a challenging time to be a college student. Please let us know both what is working for you and what you are struggling with. The survey was accompanied by an offer to have one of us contact them if they wanted to talk more. The answers we received were illuminating and a number of students did ask for follow-up contact. Let me share a little of what we learned. So takeaway number one was the resilience of students is remarkable. It came to us with answers from students like this. I'm doing good. Staying indoors is important for myself and my child as they have an immune system that is weakened. We don't even go for walks due to the fact that this virus is so contagious. I have been keeping busy by doing schoolwork and doing crafts. Other than that, things are going pretty good for the most part. And another student told us, I am just struggling with my class, but the instructor has been more than helpful. The real struggle is staying sane at home, quarantined. So even with a change they had never asked for, these students were making the best of a difficult situation. Even the students who expressed frustration and anger were surprisingly kind. One answered us like this, Well, we've all been throwing a bit of a curveball. I have no blame to throw. But I can't help but feel I'm being completely ripped off when it comes to my education. It weighs on my mind if students in the real hands-on classes are not able to be there for all that experience, but they still need to meet the standards that it's way unfair. Even though I'm confident we can meet those standards. I'm not as much worried that my GPA that I've worked so hard for might suffer as how much hands-on experience I'm skipping right over. Though we have great, great, great teachers, not being able to have them face-to-face -face and missing all the hands-on stuff, which just can't be done online. Well, I'm just venting a little here. I'll continue to do my best and hope it's good enough. I have hope that everything will work out in the end. Thank you for listening. Of course, we're in Minnesota, so everyone's nice. So a thank you was nice, but I did appreciate it. It's hard to not be able to fix all this, but we wanted these students to feel heard and seen. One of the premises of Poverty Informed Practice is to stand in awe of our students, and I am in awe. My second takeaway was that students were struggling, no matter how much we wanted that to not be true. There were phrases like this in the survey that told us the story of their struggles. My main problem is Wi-Fi issues. I hate online classes. They suck so much. I've fallen behind due to the campus not being open or accessible, and my computer has taken a shit, and my phone isn't the most reliable thing to work on, especially when doing papers. I am scared that I am going to fail this quarter. I still have kids at home, 
and trying my best to do everything. At the end of the day, I did not choose online classes and it is extremely difficult. I even felt like dropping out and that is not my goal at all because I do want to finish. There were many more statements like that, but the theme was clear. This is hard, and the pandemic made it harder. And these were the students who answered. I can't help but wonder how many students were just knocked off track and couldn't stay with us. As a higher education professional, these are not comfortable moments, but they are important. If we can't hear and see what is really happening, how do we change the world for these people who trust us to help them chase their dreams? I wish I could conclude by telling you Josiah and I, along with the rest of Minnesota State College Southeast, solved every one of these issues for students and everything was on track. But it's simply not true. I have been arguing since this crisis started, the other side of this pandemic has to look different in many ways. I'm not entirely clear what those changes all are, but I know it starts with understanding the real journey of our students. I kept reading about colleges coming back in the summer and fall, and it just didn't sound like the students I know. There was talk of dormitories and sports and dining halls, and those are all important things, but they don't represent the stories of the students I know. The stories collected in our one question survey told me about the students I know. These students are amazing. They are operating on thin margins, and they are counting on post-secondary education to make a difference in the arc of their lives. It's an awesome responsibility and we work day and night to figure out the best way to continue the work of providing social mobility through education to the widest possible audience. But if we don't see the students we serve, really see them, it will be too easy to give in to our own fatigue and just do the best we can. But if I could talk to the students right now, I would want them to know, I see you. I am because we are. Because I know these things, I know that as much as we are doing, it isn't enough and we have to do more. Once you really see something, it can't be unseen. So I leave you with this challenge. What will you do to say, I see you, to your students?